You're listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. Fellowship Baptist Church is located in Clark Lake, Michigan. Today's message is part of a series called Rooted in Christ by Pastor Daniel White. Now let's prepare our hearts as Pastor White brings forth God's truths from His Word today. Let's stand and sing, I love to tell the story. We're so glad you're here today. We have missed every one of you so very much. For the past eight weeks, I've been preaching to one or two people and then visualizing you in my mind as uh, I've been preaching. But just thank you for live streaming with us. We have a number of our families that are live streaming today. They just didn't feel comfortable enough to come on this first opening. And we understand that. We respect that. And, uh, but we're glad that they could join us by live stream. Well, we have our missionaries here from Uruguay. They are locked down in the state of Michigan. Gabriel, come on up. You're going to lead us in a word of prayer. And the airports are closed, and uh, they're stuck. And I'm glad you're stuck with us today. We're glad you're here. I don't know. She's happy. She's happy? Yes. Us, us here. I hope she's happy. 
Ask but she, if she's not happy, nobody's I happy. I change. I change. <laughs> my schedule. All right, lead us <laughs> in the word of prayer. Thank you, Pastor. Our favorite missionary. Yes. I can uh, read in Psalm uh, 122 and say, maybe you know this, I was glad when they say unto me, let us go into the Lord, the house of the Lord. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thank you. Thank you so much for the privilege to uh, stay here. Thank you, Father, for your care in less uh, months. Thank you for you uh, encourage the pastor and the leader for the form to uh, uh, leader the church. Thank you for the, the internet time, for the people here, for the people continue you growing spiritually. Thank you, Father, for the nice time here. Thank you for the wonderful fellowship and the first uh, meeting in, in May. Father, continue talking in our hearts and uh, helping us for open our heart for listen your gospel. Thank you so much for your love for us every time. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 Thank you, Pastor. Well, this certainly, you may have seen it, this certainly is a different Sunday. No uh, Sunday school today, no nursery today, no junior church today, no bus ministry today. All the children are with us today, not all of them, because many of them are still at home, but we have all the kids with us today. And one of the children came to me, and she looked up at me, she pastor? I said, well, honey, she goes, this is weird. <laughs> so we're in a weird service today, aren't we, kids? But I know you're going to be so well-behaved, the pastor isn't going to have to say, shh. <laughs> all right. All right, Ben. All right, number, oh. Until then, we will sing. No number in our songbooks. Until then, let's sing together.
city whose builder and maker was God. Are you looking forward to that city? I certainly am. Well, as you see, things are different. Uh, we're not going to be taking an offering this morning, and the offering plates will be as you're headed out the door. You'll be dismissed by rows starting from the back, coming to the front, so the ushers will come and dismiss you at the end of the service this morning. And uh, thank you for your faithful tithes and offerings. I received a phone call from our bank on Thursday, said we have some uh, government uh, loans that you are uh, available to take advantage of during this time, and they are loans that you don't even have to pay back. And uh, I said, you know what, we'll just trust the Lord to meet our need. Uh, we don't need the help of the government. Uh, we trust the Lord to meet our needs. The tithes and offerings of God's people. So praise the Lord that he continues to meet all of our needs according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. So thank you so much. Uh, ben, I'm going to have you come. Uh, we don't have a whole lot of announcements. Sorry if you see me texting. I'm trying to communicate with the audiovisual department during this time because there's some confusion going back and forth, which I know is surprising. Amen. I want to tell you something. Before this, this was a few years ago, my wife and I were in a church in Florida. And you know how we're always on the sound man and audiovisual guys. And he had a red phone. Mm. The pastor had a red phone. The right president. by his seat up front. And he got on that phone and he was like... <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, the couple that we went, which was the Burnhams, I said, what was he doing? She said he was yelling at the sound man. Uh, <laughs> it's even more complicated than that now because there's the sound man, then there's the media, and they're, they're different. And uh, hey, praise the Lord. You know, you love technology when it works and when it doesn't. Mm, it can cause frustration. I've definitely experienced that doing all these live streams. And you guys, if you've been watching the morning devotions, they have not always gone according to plan. <laughs> so there was this one pastor that um, I highly respect. But anyways, he does a devotional every day. His, his media wasn't working, but he was still mic'd while they were trying to figure out. It was pretty funny. <laughs> it was pre pretty funny to see how... 
how spirit-filled he was during that time, and uh, that was, it was comical. So anyways, hey, thank you everybody for uh, being here today. What a blessing to be able to be back in the, in the house of God. And we also want to thank everybody that is um, uh, joining us uh, via online and uh, being able to uh, be with us both ways here. Uh, if this is your first time joining us, whether you're here in the service or whether you're online, obviously we're not uh, doing connection cards, we're not passing out material, but uh, we would love for you to fill out a uh, digital connection card, and you can do that by simply texting WELCOME to 517-343-0036, and that would be a great way for us to be able to get connected with you and to be able to follow up and uh, just, just uh, you know, Make that connection there. Um, let me see here. Like we said, we don't have a ton of announcements. We will be doing our mission report tonight. So all of the other live streams will be uh, on as normal. We'll be doing our mission report tonight at 530. We'll be doing our prayer service at 6 p.m. Uh, so make sure to jump on tonight and be posting your um, uh, prayer requests so that we can pray for those. Uh, the devotionals, uh, I said last week that we'll be moving those to Tuesday and Thursday, but that's when I thought just Rachel and I were going to be doing it, but pastor's back on track, so we'll be doing that once again on Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 10 a.m., and uh, so anyways, that's what's going on this week, and besides that, I don't got a whole, whole lot of anything else, so you got anything else? All right, well, I want to I wanna thank every lot of you heard that this week I was, I was as sick as I've ever been in my entire life, and I thought for sure I had this coronavirus and so I went in for testing on Wednesday, and we got the results back on Friday, and I just had the good old-fashioned kick-you-in-the-butt flu. That's all I had. And uh, I'll tell you what, I was, I was sick. So my voice will be a little bit hoarse this morning, but I'm not contagious, all right? I'm good to go here. So I'm uh, going to have my girls come now, and they're going to prepare our hearts for the preaching of God's Word. i 
sing again. It's been a while. A couple weeks ago, we started a series of messages. It was prompted by a conversation that I was having with Larry Gear that really kind of circled around to this whole coronavirus thing and how it's affected all of us. And, and he made a statement, you know, he said, it's really caused me to really evaluate what is really important in life. And that just stuck with me. What is really important in life. So we're going to enter into a series of messages. A couple weeks ago we, we started, last week was Mother's Day, and I hope you had a great Mother's Day celebration, and we're going to return to this. So this will be part two. What are the most important things in life? Colossians chapter 1, where we'll launch off from this morning. And how would you answer that question? What are the most important things in life. Colossians chapter 1, I'm going to pick up with, uh, let me see, verse 9. For this cause also, since the day we heard it, do not cease to pray for you and desire that you might be filled with the knowledge of his will. His will about what? what? About what is really important in life and spiritual understanding that you might walk worthy of the Lord. How can you walk worthy of the Lord if you don't even understand what is important in life. That you might walk worthy of the Lord into all pleasing, being fruitful in every good work and increasing in the knowledge of God. Verse 14, in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins, who is the image of the invisible God, the firstborn that refers to his rank and his authority over every creature. For by him, by Christ, were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth 
visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions or principalities or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things, and by him all things consist. And he is the head of the body, the church. The preacher is not the head of the church. The governor is not the head of the church. The members are not the head of the church. Someone who sits on the deacon board is not the head of the church. Even the president of the United States is not head over the church. The church has one head, and that head is Jesus Christ. And he is the head of the body of the church, who is the beginning, the firstborn rank, power, authority, that in all things, in all things, he might have the preeminence, that he would be the number one focus of our lives. What is the most important thing in life? You may remember if you were live streaming with us a couple weeks ago, we talked about how there are two sources of wisdom in this world. James chapter 3 says that there's the wisdom which comes from above. And that comes through only one source, and that's this infallible, authoritative, preserved word that God has given to us by the inspiration of the Spirit of God. Then the Bible says in James chapter 3 that there is the wisdom which is of this world, which is earthly, sensual, and devilish. So I want you to think about this for just a moment. When it comes to really thinking about and realizing and living for what is really important in life, either we're going to live according to the wisdom of God or we're going to live according to the wisdom which is of this world. The wisdom which comes from God is spiritual. The wisdom that comes from this world is carnal. Listen to what Paul said to the church at Corinth. He said, how be it, we speak wisdom. We speak the wisdom of God. Yet not the wisdom of this world, nor of the princes of this world, we say the governmental leaders of this world, that come to naught or that come to nothing. For the wisdom of this world is foolishness with God, for it is written, he taketh the wise in their own foolishness. So the wisdom of this world is really foolishness with God, because it runs contrary to the wisdom which comes from above. Think about what we've seen with this coronavirus. We've seen that the medical community has been wrong. Across the board, they have been wrong. The scientists have been wrong. The politicians have been wrong. All of the models have been wrong. The conspiracy theorists have been wrong. But this word is never wrong. How have we handled this coronavirus? Well, we have handled it with the wisdom of the world, and we've not handled it with the wisdom of God. And because we've handled it with the wisdom of this world, we have really made things worse than better. Because the Bible says he takes the wisdom of this world and he brings it to nothing. So the wisdom of the world has made what the world calls a pandemic, which I don't believe it ever was, but, but the world makes it worse. 
destroying the economy, ruining people's lives, running our country into massive, massive debt that we don't even know what the, what, what the future holds with that. How true it is. What they think is the cure has actually made things worse than the disease. When one of the most serious issues, and I have to speak to this today, being faithful to God in His Word, I have to speak to this in our first meeting here today. The thing that concerns me the most is the trampling upon our constitutional rights as Americans that has happened through this. Norm Peterson, uh, once in a while, sends me some good things. And he shot this to me the other day. And this was a ruling by the United States Supreme Court shortly after the Civil War in 1866, which is still on the books today. And I read, Neither the legislature nor the executive or judicial officer may disregard the provisions of the Constitution in a case of emergency. Therefore, anyone who declares the suspension of constitutionally guaranteed rights to free travel, peaceable assembly, earning a living, and free worship, what does that sound like? And an attempt to enforce such suspensions within the independent, sovereign, continental United States of America is making war against our Constitution and therefore we the people. They violate their constitutional oath and thus immediately forfeit their office and authority and their proclamations may be disregarded with impunity. Now the last I heard, this was like three weeks ago, our governor had issued at that time 51 executive orders. I don't know how many they are now, probably countless numbers now. But I want you to understand, as I say what I've said so far, I am not anti-government. To be anti-government is to be anti-God because the powers that be are ordained of God. The first institution that God established was the family. The second institution that God established was government. They are the ministers of God to thee for good. Notice it's qualified by the word good. Amen. Remember that if the government asks us to do something that runs contrary to our Constitution and runs contrary to the written word of God, we must obey God rather than man. Amen. I'm sorry that we have to do a little history lesson here, but it seems like many of us as Americans have even lost the basic understanding of history especially when it comes to our declaration. We hold these truths to be self-evident, that all men are created equal, that they are endowed by their Creator, Creator God, with certain unalienable rights. Unalienable means rights that cannot be taken away from us. Hello? They cannot be taken away from us, period. These are rights that were given to us by God. That among these are life, second, what? I can't hear you, what? Liberty. Liberty and the pursuit of happiness. To secure, that to secure these rights, governments are instituted among men, deriving their just powers from the consent of the governed. That's you and me. So you and me are really the ones in charge here. 
that whenever any form of government becomes destructive to those ends, and that's what we're seeing happening today, it is the right of the people to alter or to abolish it and to institute new government. That, that almost sounds radical, doesn't it? Almost sounds radical. But that is exactly what our founders has called us to do. It's really too bad that the church won't even speak out on some of these issues today. The Constitution. Our preamble, we the people of the United States, in order to form a more perfect union, establish justice, uh, uh, ensure domestic tranquility, provide for the common defense, promote the general welfare, and secure the blessings of liberty, liberty to ourselves and to our uh, posterior. (laughs) Help me out. Posterity. Posterior, that's the wrong end there. (laughs) Do ordain and establish the Constitution of the United States of America. First Amendment. Congress shall make no law respecting an establishment of religion or prohibiting the free exercise thereof. Now I will give our governor this. She never has said the church has to shut down. She never has said that. And so I want to honor her and thank her for that. She hasn't done that like many Democratic governors have done in other states. Second Amendment, a well-regulated a militia being necessary to the security of a free state, the right of the people to keep and bear arms shall not. I always wonder, how can they not get the shall not be infringed upon? Because the Second Amendment puts teeth into the First Amendment. Our founders understood this. Our godly founders understood it. So what we need to understand here is that we need, we need to approach everything in life from the wisdom of God, not from the wisdom which is of this world. The wisdom of this world centers in two things. It centers in health and wealth. Health and wealth. What is everybody concerned about today? And Health and wealth, health and wealth. The fulfillment of the lust and desires of the flesh. You may remember the last message that I brought on this issue, I talked about several different examples of what the world would tell you is the most important thing in life. And you know, every single one of those centered around health and wealth, health and wealth, health and wealth. They centered around the fulfillment of the desires of the flesh. Now listen to me, please. This philosophy, this health-wealth philosophy has filtered its way now into the church of Jesus Christ. Because we have become so humanistic in our thinking, we now think that that's what life is all about. It's all about us. It's all about our health. It's all about our wealth. And that's why we now have the health, wealth, and prosperity gospel movement that's sweeping our country today in our contemporary churches. We don't have preaching on sin. We don't have preaching on repentance. We don't have preaching on walking with God and getting right with God. We just have the health, wealth, and prosperity 
that God wants every one of us to have. I'm here to tell you, the Apostle Paul didn't buy into that. The apostles didn't buy into it. Certainly the Lord Jesus didn't. I just want to tell you, keep your heart with all diligence. As a man thinketh in his heart, what? So is he. It is so easy for us to be influenced by the wisdom of this world. Because listen, the wisdom of this world comes to us from every direction. Now it's even coming to us through our churches. And if, listen, if we do not saturate our hearts and our minds on the wisdom of God, we will find it easy to develop a humanistic mindset. That's why the Bible said, be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind in this book right here, that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God, bringing every thought into the captivity of Christ. You want to know why some of God's people are absolutely freaking out over this coronavirus thing? Because they're listening to the wisdom of this world. God has not given us the spirit of fear, but a power and of love and of a sound mind. Not a mind that's influenced by the world but a mind that is saturated with the truths of Scripture. I was talking to someone earlier today. I think the early church would laugh at how we as the church have handled the coronavirus. And we are doing everything. I'm concerned about health and safety. I am, and that's why we're doing what we're doing here at Fellowship. We don't want anyone to get sick. But listen, we need, we need to start listening to God and stop listening to the world. When it comes to the things that are important with God, these are the three things that head God's list. Love me with all of your heart. Seek first my kingdom and my righteousness. Fear me and keep my commandments. You want to talk about the three top priorities with God that's what they are. That we're to love Him with all of our heart, soul, and mind. That we're to seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness. And we're to fear God and keep His commandments. For this is the whole duty of man. For God will bring every work into judgment and every secret thing. Whether it be good or whether it be bad. The love of God. It is to constrain us. That means it's to compel us. It's to preoccupy our mind. It's to press us forward. It's we're to be taken with it. We're to be controlled by it. For the love of God constraineth us because we thus judge that if one died for all, then we're all dead. And that he died for all that they which live, listen, should not henceforth live unto themselves. That's the secular worldview. But unto him which died for them and rose again. That's the biblical worldview. We're not living for ourselves. This life is not about me, me, me. It's all about him, him, him. When are we as God's people going to embrace that? The first uh, Sunday I talked about money. Money, money, money. It's all about money. <clears throat> money has become the priority of <clears throat> many people's lives. 
But what is your view of money? Money is the root of all what? Well, some of you coveted after have erred from the faith. The Lord no longer was number one. That love for the Lord was pushed out because of the love of money. And pierced themselves too with many sorrows. Solomon describes the wisdom of this world in Ecclesiastes 10.19 when he says this, money answereth all things. I'm here to tell you, money does not answer all things. You all should have said amen to that, sorry. Money does not answer all things. Amen! Proverbs 30, verse 8 through verse 9, here's the balance. Remove from me vanity and lies, Solomon says. That money answers all things. That's vanity, that's a lie. Give me neither poverty nor riches. Feed me with food convenient. We all have more than we need in that area. Lest I be full and deny thee and say, who is the Lord? Or lest I be poor and steal and take the name of the Lord thy God in vain. Give me neither riches nor poverty. Keep me balanced, Lord. Help me to keep a right perspective on money. Lay up not for yourselves treasures upon earth where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your what? No man can serve two masters. He'll love the one, hate the other, hold to the one, despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon. So we have to be so very careful because we live in the world that's all about money, 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 money. Throw money at it, throw money at it, throw money at it. Money answers all things? Well, okay, now I'm ready for today's message. It's all about me, me, me. We live in the me generation, don't we? Paul said, perilous times will come. And then he said this, men shall be lovers of their own selves. Me, me, me. The me generation. It's been well coined that we now live in the me generation. Narcissism. Narcissism was a word you never heard just a few years ago. You hear it quite frequently now. I'd like to go into the history of narcissism, tell you a little bit about it because it's quite interesting. But Wikipedia says this, narcissism is the pursuit of self-gratification and admiration of one's ability and achievements. We are in the selfie generation. Right? Isn't that interesting? A new word has been coined. The selfie. I have refused to take a selfie. I will not do it. I've done it with others who have asked me to, but I refused to do a selfie. Hmm. Social media has a way of really promoting self, doesn't it? How did the greatest, who I believe, was the greatest Christian of all times, how did he view himself? He said, I am carnal, sold under sin. He said, for I know that that which is in me, that is in my flesh, dwelleth no good thing. Oh, wretched man that I am. He said, I am a wretched person. He said, I am the chief of all sinners. 
I am the least of the apostles. I'm not even worthy to be called an apostle. Most of us would say today, man, that man, who was that man? They would say that man had a low self-worth. He had a low self-esteem. He needs to feel a whole lot better about himself. You know, I don't think, I don't think that most people struggle with a low self-worth or self-esteem. I think we have too high of esteem of ourselves. I don't know about you, but I struggle with the pride of life a whole lot more than I struggle with low self-esteem. Pride runs deeply within my heart and within your heart. And there's not a one of us here that aren't affected by the pride of life. And I mean greatly affected. We now live in a culture that promotes and praises pride. You know, there's a lot of times I th- say things, and my wife, she, she's back there, and she's cringing. She's like, I won't say that. I know right now she's probably saying, what is he going to say now? <laughs> well, what I'm going to say now is something that I've, I only have, I got, I can only speak to what I see and what I observe and pastor you to the very best of my ability. But I have watched, and I mean well-meaning parents, well-meaning parents, good parents, parents who love the Lord. I have watched them as they have literally bred Gnosticism within the hearts and lives of their children. To where their children have grown up with this arrogancy about them, with this pride. Ben and I talked about this just the other day, and he said, you know, sometimes there's, there's young people that I don't even want to use or ask them to do anything because I know it's going to go to their head. That's a problem. I don't want anyone to ever stand behind this pulpit or behind the piano or in the choir and sing out of pride. God hates pride. Now, parents, I believe we can be encouraging to our children. We can be supportive to our children. We can praise their accomplishments without fostering a spirit of pride in their hearts. I believe that we can do that. So though pride is promoted and praised and we strut it around, the Bible says that which is highly esteemed among men is an abomination in the sight of the Lord. God puts a priority on humility, not upon pride. Malachi 6, verse 8, He has showed thee, O man, what is good, And what doth the Lord require of thee? Listen, but to do justly and to love mercy, say it with me, and to walk humbly with thy God. What does the Lord require of thee? To walk humbly with Him. You cannot walk with the Lord, period, and have a spirit of pride. The Bible said the fear of the Lord is the instruction of wisdom and before honor is humility. 
Before destruction, the heart of man is haughty. But before honor is humility. By humility and the fear of the Lord are riches, honor, and life. Serve the Lord with all humility of mind. Yea, all of you be subject one to another and be clothed with humility because God resisteth the proud, but he giveth grace unto the humble. You all know this verse. Pride goeth before destruction and a haughty spirit before a... What pride is not? Pride is, pride is not having a good self-image or self-worth. Each of us, listen to me, each of us are a direct creation of a loving God. We were created in the image of God. Let us make man in our image after our likeness. So God loved us enough that He created each one of us in His image and the Bible says we are fearfully and wonderfully made. Listen, God didn't make a oops with my life. God gave me the talents, the abilities, the gifts that he so desired me to have. He made me who he wanted me to be. And who I am is not you, and who you are is not me. And God made us all different because He has a different plan and purpose for our life, but the ultimate goal is to glorify Him because He made us in His image. You see, what does it mean to be made in the image of God? Well, God gave us the ability to create because He's creative. God made us spiritual beings because he's spiritual he gave us the ability to communicate because he communicates he gave us intelligence well some of us he gave intelligence to because he's intelligent he made us rational because he's rational he's made us moral because he's moral and the law of god he wrote in our hearts but we were created in his image for the sole purpose of honor and glorifying Him with our lives. And we cannot do that with a spirit of pride. That's why I'm telling you, it is so destructive to breed narcissism into the life of your kids where they think they're better than the next person. Listen to me. Stop talking. Listen to me. Nobody is better than anybody else. Humility is is not thinking poorly of yourself. It's not always putting yourself down or feeling unworthy or worthless. Nobody loves me. Just go eat worms. That's not. That's not it. That's just simply not accepting yourself in the way God made you. Listen, I know I don't have the brains that other preachers have. That's why I stumbled over that word. What was it again? Posterity, yes. I got it now. That's why Mrs. Vincent sits there and cringes sometimes when I read the scripture. I mispronounced another one. Yeah, that's good. I love you too, Jim. But listen, we all have our issues. You have your faults, I have mine. But I want to tell you what humility is. Humility is putting others before yourself.
If there therefore be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any bowels of mercy, fulfill ye my joy that ye be like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord and one mind. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man upon his own things, but every man also upon the things of others. Is that how you look at life? Come on, be honest with me. I got so many of my own things to look after. Look not every man upon his own things. Don't be self-focused. Don't be part of that me, me, me generation. Don't be the selfie. Don't be the narcissist that everything revolves around you. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than themselves. Look not every man upon his own things, but also upon the things of others. Let this mind be in you, which was also in Christ Jesus. That's the kind of mind he had. He came not to be ministered unto, but to minister. This is, this, this is what happened. This is why Christ just doesn't have the preeminence in our lives because we're so focused on ourselves. It's got to stop, church. We, this, we have to break out of the wisdom that is in this world. It comes to naught. So pride is simply not thinking of others but putting yourself before them. You know, this is clearly seen. If we were to have a fellowship supper right now after, uh, after church, wouldn't that be fun? As soon as we can, we're having a fish fry. Brother Bussey said his freezer is just full and running over, and we want to help him solve that issue. Well, let me ask you a question. What do children do as soon as we dismiss? What do they do? They make a beeline for what? Have you ever seen a child run to the back of the line? What does a child do? Runs to the front of the line. The children all run to the front of the line. By the way, you no know, children don't know how to walk. They cannot walk. They don't walk anywhere. They run everywhere. But they run. You say, well, they just do that because they're immature. You know what? We do that in a lot of other ways, don't we? Let me get ahead of that other person. Let me put myself before them. Jesus. The same night in which he was betrayed took a towel he girded himself he went and got a basin of water, got on his knees before his disciples and washed their feet and dried them with a towel. And then he said this, I have left you an example that you should do as I have done unto you. I've never had anyone wash my feet. I've had to pay my girls to rub my feet. Oh, come on. Just, I'll give you a dollar. We, my feet are so... We, two. 
Come on, if you love me, you'd you do it for one. Two. Nah, Alyssa has rubbed my... Where's Alyssa? Where's... Oh, you've rubbed him for free, haven't you? Yeah, you have. <laughs> she, did that, she did that once, and then she asked me for a favor after she did that. Pride is not, it's not feeling accomplishment for a job well done. That's not pride. Being thankful that God has given you the talents and the abilities that he has given you, that you can serve him effectively and you can glorify him. There's nothing wrong with that. But realize this, we're nothing. We're nothing. We have nothing. We can't accomplish anything unless we're because of God and the investment that other people have made into our lives, there is no such thing as a self-made man. There isn't. As every man hath received the gift, even so minister the same one to another as ministers of the manifold grace of God. It's God that gives us everything that we have. So pride is just simply an attitude of independence. Please listen to me, some of you here. A couple of our teenagers, just listen to me. I haven't had to say that for eight weeks. <laughs> Have I snapped my fingers yet? Straighten up out there. I've lost my finger snapping. Did you like that cartoon this morning you saw about the guy that shows up church in his pajamas? Did you like that? You like that? Got a little bit too used to live streaming. <laughs> Wore his pajamas at church. An attitude of independence. I don't need God. Do you know that's how many of us live our lives? Now we wouldn't say that. But pride says, I don't need God. Humility says, I need him every hour. Remember when the children of Israel were entering into the promised land and God said, Moses, you tell them, beware lest you forget the Lord your God in the day of your prosperity. What did they do? What did they do? They forgot the Lord in the day of their prosperity. So pride is just this attitude of independence. From God. It's an attitude of ungratefulness. In that passage that we read, listen also, then in the last days perilous times shall come. Men shall be lovers of their own selves. It's our subject. Covetous boasters, proud, our subject. Blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful. Unthankful for all that God has blessed us with. Has God been good? Will he continue to be good? He will never cease to be good. Why does God hate pride so much? He said, everyone that is proud in heart is an abomination unto me. Six things did the Lord hate. Yea, seven are an abomination unto him. What do you think is the first one that has the list? A proud look. 
It's like God sees a proud look and he's going to smack you up. I would, t- I would tell you this. You walk in pride long enough, God will knock you down. Ask Nebuchadnezzar. That's why the Bible says humble yourself because if you don't, he will. Pride is what made the devil the devil. I will be like the Most High. And Jesus said, oh, no, you won't. And in that day, I saw Satan like lightning fall from heaven. Pride just ruined God's intention for the human race. You will be like God. He said, give it to me. Gave it to Adam and he did eat. And death is passed now upon all men for all of sin. Pride defiles. Please understand how terrible, terrible, terrible sinful pride is. Pride defiles. It destroys a person. The Bible calls it the snare of the devil. And pride comes from within the heart of every one of us. How many of you here struggle with pride? For from within, Jesus said, out of the heart of men proceeds evil thoughts, adulteries, fornications, murders, theft, covetousness, wickedness, deceit, lasciviousness. That's perverted sex. An evil eye, blasphemy, and what? Pride. We all just lifted our head and said, lifted our hands and said, We all struggle with pride, and yet it's lumped right in with adultery, fornication, murder, theft, covetous wickedness, deceitfulness, twisted, perverted sex, an evil eye, and blasphemy. Can we now see how bad pride is? Only by pride cometh contention. He that is of a proud heart stirs up strife. There's never been a war. I'm almost done. There's never been a war. There's never been an argument. There's never been a divorce. There's never been division within a family. There's never been disunity at work. There's never been a church split where pride was not the major factor. So now it's time. Now it's time for you and I to do business with God. Haven't the kids been awesome? You guys have been amazing. Are you ready for some self-evaluation here? So just some things that I wrote down as I begin to think about myself. A proud person becomes irritated and upset when corrected for mistakes or challenged in their opinion. Is that you? A proud person accepts praise for things over which he or she has little or no control, 
like their beauty, their talents, their ability, or their keen mind. A proud person has an ungrateful spirit for all that God and others have done for them, and you often see this in the lives of young people. A proud person often finds himself in unhealthy competition with others and will be tempted to lie and to cheat in order to get ahead. A proud person is very selfish. Life has to revolve around them and what they want. A proud person loves to be in the spotlight and have it shine on them. A proud person loves to be the center of attention and will do things in order to get attention. A proud person will dress in a way to draw attention to themselves, like, look at me. I don't dress like the social norm. Look at me. A proud person will wear their hair in such a way to draw attention to themselves. That was a guy I was mimicking, by the way. A proud person wants everything to be done his way or her way and in his time or her time. A proud person is self-promoting, cocky, boastful, arrogant. A proud person will dominate a conversation. A proud person will refuse to humble themselves before a holy God. A proud person will find it almost impossible to say, I was wrong. Will you please forgive me? Pride is the road to ruin. Don't you think it would be wise for us to get off that road and to get on the road of humility this morning. The Lord will destroy the house of the proud, but whosoever shall exalt himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth, humbleth himself will be exalted. Before we close, I want to say this. Do you know there is, there is no one too bad that they can't be saved? And there is no one too good that they don't need to be saved. If you're here today, if you're here today and you have never, ever humbled yourself before God, repented of your sin, and accepted His Son, the Lord Jesus, as your Savior, I'm going to ask you to do that right now. I'm going to ask you to play, honey. I'd like you all to stand where you're at right now this morning. The song that's being played is probably familiar to many of you. I need thee every hour. As we've had to disband church services here for the past eight weeks, one thing that we have not been able to have is an altar call. If you've listened online, I've asked you to make your living room, bedroom, or wherever you are listening your altar. As long as I'm the pastor of Fellowship Baptist Church, there will always be an opportunity for you to respond to the Lord. We have lots of room around us today. You can make your altar that 
chair right there where you're at. But if God has spoken to your heart today, I'm going to ask you to bow your knee before a holy God. Yes, I am. I'm going to ask you to use that chair as an altar. And if He has spoken to your heart in any area in which we've addressed here today, and that spirit of pride that runs so deeply within each and every one of us, I'm going to ask you just to take a few minutes before we sing this song and deal with that pride. Realize how wicked and sinful that it is. And ask God by His grace to make you a humble person. If you've never asked Jesus to save you, do that right now, right where you're at. That chair can be your stake. That can be your place where you humbled yourself before God. I'm going to ask that this song be put on the screen for us, please. And we're going to sing it together. I need thee every hour. I need thee every hour. Most gracious Lord, no tender voice like thine. the church, the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in all things he might have the preeminence. Let's close in a word of prayer. Josh, close us in prayer. You have been listening to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast. We hope this message was a blessing and encouragement to you. If you would like more messages, visit our website at fbcclarklake.org where all of our messages can be downloaded for free. Also, you can subscribe to the Fellowship Baptist Church Sermon Podcast on iTunes, Google Play, or SoundCloud. All of our messages are available for free. If you want to keep up to date on what's going on at Fellowship, follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram where you can see what's happening 
at Fellowship Baptist Church. If you'd like to visit us, Fellowship Baptist Church is located at 3200 Reed Road, Clark Lake, Michigan. Thank you so much for listening, and we hope to see you back here again next time.